Welcome to an episode of Love Me, the podcast. I am your host, Hannah Tittle, and this is my self-love journey. I believe that loving yourself should be easy. It should be second nature, but I know firsthand that it isn't. Together on this podcast, or better yet, on this journey, we will be learning about what self-love really means, what it means to different women of different ages and in different stages in their lives, and we will be learning what we can do to make it easy, to make it so that it is second nature. Each episode, I will be having conversations with badass women, with coaches, gurus, and mentors, and together with their help, we can learn how and what we can do to make loving ourselves effortless, and best of all, to make it so that we truly, authentically love ourselves. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, you are listening to episode number eight. Very exciting, as always. Today's episode is not like the usual. Uh, it's going to be a shorter episode, and it's going to be just me talking to you. Uh, the reason for this is, quite honestly, because I've been very sick the last week, and also I was away for nearly two weeks, and because it's just something I'd really like to talk about. So guess what? I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, and I hope that that is okay with all of you. <laughs> I'm recording this episode on the eve of my 27th birthday, and I couldn't help but feel the need and also the want to reflect on this past year and express some gratitude and some goals for the next chapter of my life. So we're going to do just that today. Full disclosure, this episode probably won't teach you anything unless you're hoping to learn more about me, but it may inspire you to keep making strides in your journey or it may inspire you to make a step towards change. I feel a sort of mixed feelings whenever I release an episode. I'm so excited to share my conversations because I want you all to learn and grow and become inspired along with me. But then I'm met with fear that people won't resonate or that they won't like the episode. Um, I do my best to remind myself that not everything is going to stand out to everyone. But it is my goal that every conversation is able to do so for at least one person. So I've been honest since the beginning of this whole journey, podcast, incredible ride that I've been on. And I, I've i been honest that I started this for me. And I wanted the accountability and the platform to speak to different women so that I could learn and to love myself and to grow and to become a better version of myself. And in the last seven, now eight episodes... With each release, I find myself succeeding in my personal goals to do just that, and it's incredible, and I'm thrilled and grateful and excited and proud, but I also really do hope, now even more than at the start, to be honest with you, that you, the listeners, are able to feel the same way I do. It's a really beautiful thing to know that other people are feeling inspired or reminded of their power or are learning from some of these episodes. And it brings me a sense of joy that I quite honestly never knew that I longed for. So saying all that, I hope that today's episode continues to offer some sort of positivity or inspiration or lesson or, or whatever it might be, despite that it's going to be all about me. <laughs> um, selfishly, I really wanted to record this for myself to listen back to in maybe a year or three or 10 years from now and see how far I've continued to grow. But I hope whoever might be listening enjoys this nonetheless. So 
like I said, uh, tomorrow or the day that I'm recording this tomorrow is my 27th birthday. And I just really cannot quite believe how much has changed since a year ago today. <laughs> Ever since I can remember, 26 has been my favorite number. I remember being like seven years old, probably at Richardson Elementary in North Delta. And I was given a library number and it started with a 2-6. And for some reason, ever since then, it's been my favorite number. I literally don't know why or how or, but it is. And so when I started, when I turned 26 last year, I just, I hoped, I really hoped, but I also sort of knew that it was going to be a great, a really fucking great year. And I'm very very happy to report that it was just that, but it was also probably the most challenging and heartbreaking and joy-filled and scary and beautiful and life-changing year that I've had so far. So I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that or, you know, talk a little bit about how and why and what led me to this moment now at, at nearly 27. Quite literally a year ago today, I went out with my girlfriends for my birthday and it was a really awesome evening. I had my very best friends with me. We had a beautiful dinner and then we went dancing for hours and it was a great night. And I'm so grateful to them for sharing it with me. I'm grateful for the opportunities and the joy and, and such that was shared. But I woke up the next morning feeling very empty. And quite literally a few hours into my new year, I had already disappointed myself because 26 was not shaping up to be what I hoped it would. I was met with a lot of frustration and disappointment and fear, an immense amount of fear because I had realized that I was officially 26 and I was still depressed. I was still anxiety filled. I still hated myself. I was numb. And I was just so far away from everywhere that I'd hoped to have become at the age of 22, 23, 24, 25, and now 26. And I still wasn't there. I wasn't even close. And that was the hardest, most awful realization and feeling to come over me. So what should have been a couple of days or a day or two of celebration ended up being misery for me because I was met with such an awful realization. And of course that was me being super hard on myself about it. I was just angry at myself for not having succeeded in any of my goals to become better or happier or healthier in any way. And on top of that, I was also very, very disappointed because I wasn't, and I do realize this sounds a little silly listening to this or saying this now, but um, there is some context to it. Um, basically, every year on my birthday, obviously, if we're lucky enough, we get Facebook messages or phone calls or texts and things like that. I personally like to save all of the messages and notifications and such like that for the end of the day. 
I think that there's just this beautiful thing about seeing them come in all day and then just knowing that you get to sit and really read and appreciate them all at once. So I did that at the end of my birthday last year and I realized that there was one person who I'd hoped would say happy birthday and she didn't. And that was somebody who I've spoken about briefly on this show. Um, uh, Basically, my best friend of 12 years and I um, last year decided that it would be best if we, you know, took some time apart and weren't friends anymore. And we'd really just grown into totally different people. And, um, but we still, you know, every three or four months, we would text each other something or something might pop up and we'd acknowledge it or say hi and check in with each other. But she never wished me a happy birthday. And so I was kind of met with a disappointment and a sadness. Um, but also, a yet another awful realization that our friendship was well over really um i kind of figured if she wouldn't acknowledge my birthday or or take the time to you know talk to me on this day of all days chances are we're not going to go be able to come back to a place that we were at before so being met with the realization of the fact that my friendship was officially over as well as the frustration and disappointment and fear and anger and every awful emotion you can think of being met with the realization that I was now officially 26 and still nowhere along the path of recovery or health or happiness that I wanted to be. I got really numb and uh, I just quite honestly didn't know where to go from there. So, um, a few days went on, you know, life went back to normal work and everything and, you know, it doesn't stop for your birthday, that's for sure. So I went back to my normal life or what I, well, quite honestly, what was normal at the time, which was feeling sad or angry or lonely. And, um, but I finally started to feel such an extreme amount of it that I realized that shit needed to change and like, so much so. So if anybody has ever listened to um, the one of the very first episodes of this podcast where I kind of explain who I am and what led me here, I do mention that it was October of last year, so 2018, when my counselor and I um, changed everything. And um, it was the beautiful beginning of where I am now. But before that all happened, I decided to go away for a few days and really just sort of own how I felt but also escape how I felt and weirdly enough say goodbye to this chapter of my life so I live in Vancouver and I went to Whistler for the long Thanksgiving long weekend um and I spent three whole days by myself I read I did some writing which is my favorite thing to do I watched some tv and I ate a lot of junk food and I cried my eyes out for three whole days basically and it was weirdly healing and it was one of the pivotal moments that kind of triggered my demand for change and it was just a few days later that I um you know went and visited my counselor and and kind of addressed the whole dire dire need for change with her and we we changed the tactic and and from there it was when i 
sort of, um, as I explained in my first episode, I decided to take back my power and I started to lean into all of my emotions. So when I was sad, I felt it or I would ask myself if I wanted to feel that way. I no longer felt guilty about the way that I felt because I was in control and I was either allowed to feel this way or I was doing something to change it. And so for the months of October and November and and, um, early December, it was total work on myself and, you know, taking back my power, understanding why I was feeling certain ways and what I can do to change the ways that I felt when I didn't want to feel them. And it was also a lot of, um, it was, I also brought a lot of awareness to the many awful habits that I developed through my years of depression, um, such as, you know, things that I was very much aware of, but didn't really want to acknowledge or somehow had led myself to believe that they weren't real, even though they very much were, such as a binge eating disorder, segregating myself and becoming very um, isolated and not often going out with my friends, uh, watching way too much television, um, being quite negative and cruel to my parents because I felt that I was safe or comfortable enough around them to kind of take my anger out on the world on them, which was not fair and something I'm still trying to learn to let go of. Um, not not the still being mean to them, hopefully, but the, um, the guilt that I feel towards that aspect. Um, so yeah, that was, um, those two and a half months were hard, very, very hard and beautiful. And I'm now looking back incredibly grateful for the work that I did in that time to take the huge leap towards this path that I'm now on. I then found myself in mid-December going through um, panic attacks and or, well, to be quite honest, they were never diagnosed. However, I definitely am addressing it as the closest thing I've ever had to a panic attack or an anxiety attack. Um, And it was all work-related. I was incredibly, incredibly stressed out. um, And I would work... 15, 16 hours a day, I would cry. I would not eat because I was terrified of what I was doing. Um, Partly because there were things that I was doing for the very first time and I didn't have a lot of help and I was very concerned about whether or not they would be correct. But also because I was about to embark on a seven-week trip and I wanted to ensure everything was done correctly and everything was actually completed and done before I went away. And um, I wound myself up to... a version of myself that I was very unfamiliar with, which was total stress ball and which was such a change from, you know, the sadness and such that I was feeling before. And I, after what was probably the seventh or eighth day in a row of crying my eyes out to my mom, I realized with her help, aka her just, you know, making sure I finally got hit over the head with it, I can only do so much. And I was without question doing the best that I could but there were things that I needed to let go of. And um, thank you, mom, for that realization and help. Um, And uh, so yeah, just yet another lesson and challenging thing that I got over. Um, And I definitely take that thought process with me now. I take a lot of pride in the work that I do, both like actual work and um, things that I do on for hobbies and in my life. But there also comes a point where if it's affecting how you feel or your sleep or your health, 
you need to either ask for help or you need to acknowledge the fact that you are not able to do as much as you might like to do. And that is okay. Um, luckily the weeks that followed my stress case or stress attacks or whatever we want to call them was seven weeks of total relaxation and joy and adventure with one of my very, very, very best friends. And, um, I was very, very lucky to go to Australia and Bali and Thailand. And, um, I saw some of the most beautiful sunsets and the most beautiful beaches. And I just talked about my dreams with one of my soul sisters and we caught beautiful tans and we ate delicious foods. And, um, it was a really beautiful thing. And, One of the things that I will probably never forget because this was so special to me was that when I was boarding the plane on just on, so it was the first week of January in 2019 that I'd got on for the very first time since Australia, my first trip to Australia when I was 18. So the very first time since all of this depression actually started for me, I wasn't trying to escape. I wasn't leaving Vancouver in hopes that I would find joy for six or seven weeks somewhere else. I literally was just going away and I felt at peace where I was at home and I was okay with coming home and it was just this really incredible um, shift in my life because I realized that I was finally in a place where I didn't feel the need to escape and that brought me a lot of confidence and a lot of excitement towards the upcoming adventure and also towards my return to continue this path and to continue to become my healthiest and happiest self. So on top of all the beautiful pools and the romantic comedies we read and the laughter that was shared and, and the, the tanning and the adventures and the, and the boat trips and things like that, that we did in Thailand. Um, I also took 10 days to go to a beautiful yoga retreat in Copenhagen by myself Um, at this incredible, incredible resort called Wonderland, which as a side note, I highly recommend to anybody that might be interested in doing something like that. The resort or the retreat itself is breathtaking, but what I took away from it was incredible. And I don't doubt that I was meant to be there at that time because it, because once again, it just played such a big part in the path that I was on and it is a part of how I feel the way that I feel now and who I am now and um, when I first arrived I was incredibly shy I obviously was alone and I had a private room to myself and I had also spent five and a half weeks with somebody um, like I said she's one of my very best friends but I do per- I do quite like my alone time so to spend to share a room and, and to do absolutely everything with someone for five and a half weeks I was kind of excited to just be alone for a day or two and read and write and sleep in and you know attend whatever classes I wanted to attend and such but I was overwhelmed with how uncomfortable I felt initially um, so much so that I'm sure it radiated towards other people So instead, my headphones were in for the first like five days, probably, and I attended some classes and then I would go lie by the pool and read and I didn't really communicate with a lot of people. And looking back, that was okay. And it was quite relaxing and, um, you know, it was, it was a nice time, but I did close myself off to people because I was afraid of the unknown, afraid of putting myself out there, afraid of meeting people, 
etc. Um, luckily that changed after I met, um, a really cool girl at the pool. And from there I met a couple of other girls and, uh, now there's some of my favorite people to keep in touch with on social media. And I just really, really love their energies and, and I feel lucky to have met them. And we went through some incredible and weird, um, experiences. One of the beautiful things about Wonderland is that they offer more than just yoga. So they offer a lot of meditation classes or things like Dharma talks, um, where you can literally sit in a circle and somebody, usually the person leading the circle will have a theme and you just have these sort of deep, beautiful, passionate discussions that nobody normally has on day-to-day life. And one of the ones that I attended was on fear and it was uncomfortable and it was raw and it was powerful and it was a very cool experience. And on my very last night there after my uh, 10 days was about to finish, I attended another talk. This time was hosted by one of the actual founders of the uh, retreat. And um, it was I was there with a couple of my new dear friends. We were sitting around a fire in this beautiful, beautiful island. And um, he suggested that we didn't actually have a topic for today, but instead we just would go around the circle and let people know kind of what brought them to Wonderland or what they were taking away from it. And I volunteered to go first because I was in such a, I just thoroughly enjoyed the experience so much. And I let him know that I was so grateful for his and everyone's work there to be able to bring a space like this, to to make a space like this available to us. And I was grateful for the friendships I'd made and for the work that I'd done on myself and for the conversations that I'd had and for the new experiences and for the new classes and things that I'd tried. And uh, he looked at me after I finished speaking and he'd said... I saw you the day that you arrived and I knew that he had, he was best friends with someone who was staying in a room right next to me. So quite often they would sit out front of their room and they would see me enter and exit super humbly and awkward and (laughs) shy, um, and anxiety filled as every time I would come and go from my room, usually with my headphones in just to try to avoid having to have a conversation with them because I was that uncomfortable. Um, and he said, you know, I saw you when you first arrived in those first few days and I see you now and you are so different. You are, you look so at peace and this is something I will remember forever. Although I'm sure this is a very lengthy story for the rest of you. He told me that I shined and, um, I couldn't help but fill up with tears when he said that because, For so long, I've said to myself throughout this journey of depression, I just want to find my light again. I just want to, I just want to be me again. And for him, for him, a total, total stranger who I hadn't said more than a couple of hellos to over the week and a half I was there, he could see that I had found a piece or found that in myself again. And he reminded me that I was, capable of that and it was it is just the coolest thing to be re- to remember that so I found my light again and I was shining and I vowed to myself that I would only continue to make this light and this shine and this brightness in myself bigger and I know that that isn't always going to be the case there's going to be roller coasters but I cannot tell you how cool it was 
to acknowledge that and to hear that from such a stranger and to know that I have it within me. I have that power. All of the work that I was putting in was paying off and quite literally showed to random people. And fuck, yeah, I was ready to go home and just continue this path. And so I did that. I, After Thailand, I went and visited my sister who was living in South Korea. We had a killer weekend. I got to see one of my favorite people ever who lives in England and he was in Seoul. Um, so I got to see him for an evening, which is always one of my favorite things that ever happens. And um, obviously was very excited to see my sister also and have so much amazing food in Korea. Um, and then I returned home and there was absolutely a sense of fear, fear of falling back to my old ways. You know, it's really easy to just get comfortable again back into my old routine and such, but I was so adamant that that wasn't going to happen. And thankfully I'd learned techniques at Wonderland to not let that happen, but I'd also established a whole different outlook on who I was and how I wanted to live my life that I knew that I wouldn't let that happen. So I returned to work and I'm incredibly lucky that they had let me take this trip, even though I did work while I was abroad. And um, I was met with an incredible amount of appreciation and respect and gratitude and everyone was thrilled to have me back and it made me feel as though, you know, they really value my work, which is obviously just like a really positive and and unexpected but really, you know, special thing to have happen. Everybody deserves to feel appreciated and it's a it's a wonderful thing when it does happen to you. So yeah, that was March and some of April. I just went back to my everyday life, but with a better attitude, I started to see my friends a little bit more. I started to continue to work against the habits that I was so used to. Um, I was trying to watch a little less TV. I was trying to be nicer. I was trying to just be happier and continue on this path. And then I was really, really fortunate to be able to, um, one of my dearest friends and her boyfriend moved back to Vancouver and we got an apartment together. We incredibly lucked out with our beautiful space and a really beautiful environment. I'm down the street from one of my very best friends. I'm a few minutes away from my parents. I'm even closer to work. It's just everything started to fall into place in such a beautiful way. I couldn't help but feel that I wanted to finally continue to do the dirty hard work so that I could keep going and keep feeling better long term and not just on a short-term basis because it felt too good and it felt too because it felt too good to think that this might slip away and I might you know dip back into depression one day so come in May I went to Whistler for a weekend with some friends for one of my friend's birthday weirdly enough and I'm literally actually just acknowledging this as I say this now Whistler was sort of where I was alone and I was saying goodbye to that part of my life and when I returned to Whistler, I was met with very familiar and unwanted feelings of that pain again. I was quite literally the seventh wheel. <laughs> I was there with three girlfriends and their boyfriends, and I do love and adore all of them very much, and it was a fun weekend. But I was very aware of how single I was. I was very aware of how uncomfortable and how much of the wheel I was, and it brought back some really negative thoughts about myself, about my, you know, my relationship and relationship history, my body, um, et cetera, et cetera. 
and uh, we quite literally were playing uh, the game, What Do You Meme? And um, we, one of the cards, you know, was like this, just a funny girl with a weird facial expression. And somebody put down a card that said, when you're so single, you don't even have anyone to drunk text. And everyone laughed. And I obviously laughed. It was funny. It was, it fitted the card perfectly. But I also kind of immediately was like, holy shit, that is my life. I quite literally don't have anyone else. And, uh, you know, my version of drunk texting is texting my friends that aren't there to say that I wish they were there or I'll text my parents and say I love them. And like, that's fine and all. And I'm lucky I have anyone to text, but fuck, <laughs> I'm so single. So that the very next day when I came home, I couldn't help but just kind of let all of those emotions hit me. And I found myself really upset and really sad. And I was hard on myself and I was angry at myself for being so alone and for my really crappy dating history and everything. And from that weird weekend, I is what bred this project because I realized in those moments of tears and frustration that I didn't love myself. So of course nobody was going to love me. And I really, really wanted to make that a priority before I made it a priority to find someone else to love me. I wanted to be that person that was there for myself initially so that I could be a better of my version of myself, a happier, healthier, more loved-filled version of myself. And from there, I might be lucky enough to meet a partner and go into a relationship as a, as I continue to say, as a better version of myself. So that's a weird side story if anybody wondered why this podcast started the way it did. <laughs> um, yeah, which brings me to June. And I started to really dive into the ideas of this podcast and what I could do with it. Um, I was also lucky enough at that time to go away with my mom for a weekend in Vegas for the best mother-daughter weekend of the year or of ever, really. We went and saw Celine Dion's final show. We saw Lady Gaga's jazz show and we saw Christina Aguilera all in a three-day weekend. And it was really, really fucking cool to be there with my mom, who is quite literally my best friend, but to just get to spend time with her at a place where I finally get to show her who I am and I can honestly say that I'm happy and I'm and I'm me and I know that she sees this better, kinder, happier version of me every time we spend time together, but to get away and get to really have her witness that and, and get to spend time with her as this version of myself and as 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 myself was really fucking cool. Um the few weeks that followed that were difficult. My Opa passed away, as I've mentioned on previous episodes, and my dog got really sick, and we had to eventually put her down. So while everything was going in so many ways, literally just like in a beautiful direction, I was feeling the best I've ever felt. Um, I was also facing immense grief and loss, and that was really, really hard. And, um, you know, I, I, I believe that it's something that you will continue to you know, it doesn't, grief doesn't leave you, you get used to it, you get, you know, um, but you don't get over it, and uh, I'm continuing, and obviously it gets easier with time, everything does, so every day is a little bit easier and a little bit less sad, but quite honestly, I feel like there is a hole um, in my heart, and I don't know if that will ever be filled, but I really also 
I can't wait to see what other things come into my life over the next year or so um, to bring me different kinds of joy and love. So I'm trying to be as positive as I can about all that. And um, of course, in that time, I also launched this journey, which has been the weirdest and most challenging and most frightening and most beautiful and most exciting and coolest experience I've ever had. The people that I've met, the people that have reached out to me, it's just been incredible and I'm so fucking grateful to be the person who gets to have this platform and have these conversations and gets to learn through these other women and with you guys. It's just the coolest. Yeah, and so that brings me up to early September of this year, uh, just a few weeks ago, and I got to go away with another one of my incredible badass friends. Uh, She lives in Australia, and we met in Austin, Texas for a few days, and then we did Vegas. Yes, I know, I did Vegas twice in a year, (laughs) and then we did San Francisco, and the coolest thing about that trip and being with her is that no matter how incredible I've been feeling lately or how much happier and healthier I am, I still feel that I'm missing fun in my life. And that's something I'm learning to accept because quite honestly, my version of fun is different than a lot of other people's. I think I don't love to go out that often. I like to come home. I'm a homebody. Um, You know, I don't have as many friends as a lot of other people, but I do still crave that excitement and that fun every once in a while. So This 10 days with my friend Eliza was just that. We laughed immensely and we saw really beautiful places and we got to soak up some sun and eat delicious food and it just rounded out my year of 26 so beautifully and so fucking cool. And I'm, I love you, Eliza. That trip was incredible. So yeah, here we are. I'm, you know, I'm back home now. I'm sitting here on the 19th of September and I'm about to turn 27 and I feel amazing. And I'm very, very, very grateful for this year and for everything that I've learned and all of the incredible challenges and changes that happened. I'm incredibly grateful for this project and for anybody that might be listening and growing alongside of me. Um, I've said this briefly before in another episode, I never intended or expected this show to be about depression. Um, You know, it was important for me to let everyone know that that was what led me here because it is, it's absolutely what shaped me. But I've had a lot of people, you know, friends and, you know, friends that I'd lost touch with and total strangers thank me for talking about it. Thank, you know, they've thanked me for acknowledging it, for letting them know that they have the power to get better and that they have the ability to get better and to remind them of patience and trust and and everything that it is and I'm I just think I'm just so grateful to all of you for allowing me to have this platform to continue to better myself and better my journey but it's just the coolest thing ever that anybody might be able to resonate, let alone be inspired or learn from what I've said. So hopefully this is a a two-way exchange and you guys are getting out of it something because I promise you, you guys are giving me everything just by listening or to the incredible women who I've spoken to. They've given me so much excitement and inspiration and zest for life again. 
here we go. 27 is hours away and uh, maybe it's because I'm a Virgo. Maybe it's just Maybe it's because I'm a type two. Maybe it's just who I am, but goals are everything to me. So I've decided to come up with five goals for this next year. And I'm also leaving five things behind in my mid-20s or 26 or whatever. And um, I encourage you to do the same. Your birthday might not have been recent or might not be coming up, but there are still three full months left in the year of 2019 um, not that you need a year or a milestone or a calendar to tell you when to make goals, but I, I believe that it does help, you know, push you in the right direction. What is one thing that you have desperately wanted to do or one change that you've really wanted to make that you can do right now? Or what one step towards that goal or change can you do right now? And I beg of you to just try to, your best to make that a priority. Because if nobody else has told you this, let me be the one. You are deserving of everything that you want. You are deserving of every goal that you have. And you are capable of achieving it. So take that one step. Write it down. Remind yourself of it. Get excited about it again. And go after it. You are worthy and you will get there. It might take time. And it might turn into something different than you initially wanted or even expected. But I really believe that the more we ask for what we want and the more honest we are with ourselves, the better you the better you are, the more likely you are to achieve it. And all of that weird, cheesy, woo-woo crap that people keep telling you and you roll your eyes up. Because that was me a year ago and now I kind of can't believe that this is the life that I lead. <laughs> so... So for the sake of honesty, which has been my goal in this whole journey, I'm going to share with you guys my goals. And maybe it's, again, you know, a selfish form of accountability, but also I think it gives you an insight into who I am and what I really hope to come out of the next year. So my five goals throughout the year of 27, and these are not little, um, but I really feel bold and excited to head into them. And at least, you know, chip away at them. Whether or not they come true in, in entirety, that, that's okay also. So number one, I really want to reach a healthy and confident weight. Now I am, without question, leaning much more in towards body acceptance at the size that I am currently. And I'm so happy about that. It feels really good. But I am not where I want to be. I want to be healthier. I want better endurance. And I do want to be completely confident in my body. So I don't know if that's going to be in 20 pounds from now, maybe 50 pounds from now, or even 70 pounds from now. I'll know when I'm there. But it is my goal to really just better my body, my physical body, whether that be through a better exercise regime and, of course, also through, um, you know, a healthier relationship with food and, and better food in my body. So that's a very large goal of mine. I'm really, really ready for the outside to match the, um, the positive, beautiful, happy changes that have happened on the inside. Number two, um, probably none of you know this unless you're a friend of mine. Um, I got into a car accident many years ago and I was T-boned on my side. And ever since I've been terrified of driving, I was not driving at the time. I was a passenger, obviously. Um, but... 
it's I currently now do not have a driver's license because of it. And I live in an area where I don't need to drive, but it is really a form of freedom that I'd like to have. I'd also like to have it before I turn like 30 something and have to like take my kids on the bus. And um, I also love nothing more than going on a road trip. So I really need to start being able to offer some support in that aspect. (laughs) So um, I'm not going to say that I'm going to get my license at 27, although I do exactly hope that that is what happens. But my fear, uh, my goal, my goal is to get over my fear of driving. So even if I practice more and get more comfortable and I continue on my path towards my license, that's a step in the right direction for me. Number three, I want to continue to break down my fear of vulnerability. Um, It's no secret in this episode alone, let alone other ones, I've talked about my lack of dating or relationships. And it's because I'm an incredible fear of being vulnerable around people. And um, I really want to work on that so I can try to become so that I can try to meet more people, whether that be romantically or even just friends in general. Um, I don't have anything to hide anymore. And I want that to be, you know, I want, I just want to, I want to be willing to fail and I want, want to be willing to fall and get hurt because I think when you are, you're going to experience a lot of beautiful things as well as the pain that maybe might arise. Number four, I want to finally finish one of my books. I currently have about six books that I have written or just about finished writing, and they are without question what I love to do. I hope one day that I'm a successful author. That would be my dream of all dreams. But And this sort of links back to the vulnerability. I've been too afraid to kind of let anyone read them or to spread them out into the world. So this year... I am saying it now. I am going to let someone else read it. And I and when I say someone else, I mean someone on a professional level for feedback and or publishing. And last but certainly not least, number five, my goal for this next year of being 27 is I want to continue to bring more fun into my life. Whether that be nerdy activities like board games, because I fucking love a board game, or more adventures, or you know, more people and just more laughter. And I'm really, really excited to be able to do just that. Now, in addition to the goals that I'm hoping to bring in, I'm also going to say goodbye to five things that were a part of my life at 26 and that I really, really hope slash I am ensuring are no longer a part of my life going forward. Number one, my depression. I don't doubt that my mental health and depression and anxiety are a forever road for me, but I have learned so much in the last year and the last seven years, really, that I really truly believe that I can go forward without suffering from depression. I may have bad days or even a couple of weeks, but there is such a difference between, you know, feeling low versus being depressed. So I'm really, really ready to say goodbye to this chapter of my life. In a very strange way, I'm incredibly grateful for where it led me and what it shaped me to be and the strength that it provided me. But man, am I ready to say goodbye. Number two, my binge eating disorder. No longer am I 
as emotionally focused on food as I was before, which has been a huge blessing and a huge reason as to why I'm able to say goodbye to this. But also, and again, this goes back to me wanting to be a healthier, more confident weight. It's time that I say goodbye to this horrible way of eating, this bad, the bad habits, um, and this disorder in general. Number three, I am saying goodbye to saying yes to things that I don't want just to please other people or saying yes to things that I don't want to do just to please other people. I have no more time for that shit. Number four, and much like my depression, this will also probably be an internal or a a lifelong battle for me, but this is something I'm, I'm focusing on and ensuring I'm making more of a priority in my life is I'm trying to leave behind as many negative thoughts about my body and myself that I can. I, in all honesty, I used to wake up in the morning and I would look at myself in the mirror and I would point out things that I hated about myself because it was easy. Now I either, you know, on the really bad days, I avoid the mirror and at least that way I'm not saying anything bad about myself or I take a moment to find even just one, if not multiple, things that I love about myself and I smile about myself more and that's not something I am familiar with, but it feels really fucking good. So negative self-talk, goodbye. And last, but again, not least, I am saying goodbye to bullshit. Bullshit people, bullshit activities, bullshit energy, just crap on crap on crap from people and things and experiences that I don't, that don't light me up. I don't, I just don't care anymore. I don't plan to be rude. I don't plan to you know, ghost people. But at the same time, if you don't bring value into my day or into my life, whether that be an activity or a person or a habit or whatever it might be, I will be considering letting it go and therefore letting it go. So there you have it. That is my year in review and the goals that I have for this next year. I've said it 18 times already, probably, but here we go again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this with me. Thank you for your strength and your inspiration and your joy. It feels fucking incredible to be able to be here with you all. Um, And before I sign off, I want to wish all the other Virgos maybe a belated or a happy early birthday to you all. And, um... I will be back in a couple of weeks, older, (laughs) and uh, back to regular scheduled programming. And I just, um, yeah, I just want to take a moment to remind you all, once again, how worthy you are of your goals. So get after them and um, just do your best to continue to be your happiest and healthier self. That's all we can, that's all we can hope for. I love you all very much, and um, I will speak to you soon. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more or to reach out, you can find us on Instagram at lovemepodcast or visit our website, lovemepodcast.com. If you like what you heard in today's episode, please take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcast, or you can subscribe from whichever streaming service you're listening from. New episodes are available every other Monday. Until then, I'll leave you with the wise words from the mother of all badasses, Jen Sincero. Love yourself while you've still got the chance.